Are you ready for some word? I hope you are. I got some word for you today. You know, the Bible says in James chapter 1 that you ought to look at the word and not like a man who looks in a mirror and forgets what he looks like. Now, there's a new translation that translates that word man for somebody, and it's, it's a wrong translation. It said, any man who looks into the Word and walks away and not doing what the Word says and forgets what he says, it's like a man looking in a mirror. He looks in the mirror and then he forgets what he looks like. (laughs) Now, it's very important that you, if you read these new translations, it may translate it someone or something like, no, no, no. That verse says it's a man in the Greek because a man looks at a mirror differently than a woman. Do y'all know that? Where's all my married brothers at right now? (laughs) You know, when a man gets up out of bed, he gets up and he goes by the mirror and he says, "Mm." (coughs) see you later. When a woman gets up, what does she do? She takes a look in that mirror. She looks a little deeper, a little more, a little more. She goes back, she gets her cup of coffee. She comes back and she studies a little bit more. Matter of fact, she gets a chair and she sits down in front of that mirror and she works on that thing for some time. I had five sisters. I know what I'm talking about. She works on that thing. She works on that thing, works on that thing. And then when she gets done and gets all this fixed up, she goes over here, she dresses up. And what does she do? She stands in front of what? a full-length mirror now. She's looking at this full-length mirror, and she's getting ready to go outside the house, and as soon as she gets in the car, what does she do? I mean, she's, the mo- she's one of the most God's gifted creatures in all of creation. I mean, she can drive 55 miles and 70 miles an hour and put her makeup on at the same time looking in the rearview mirror. I mean, there's hardly anybody more gifted. She gets to work, and what's the first thing she does? She's got to go to the bathroom. Why does she got to go to the bathroom? She's got to look in the mirror. And then when she looks in the mirror, she, she gets back and she sits down in her cubicle and she pulls out her compact out of her purse and she looks in the mirror. The Bible says, don't look at the Word of God like a man who looks at a mirror. And I want to add a word to that. Look at the Word of God like a woman looks in a mirror. Not like a man. Oh, y'all don't get offended on me because y'all know what I'm talking about this morning. But I'm telling you what, I want to look at the Word of God today. And I want to go, I want to jump through many passages because I want to teach you something. I think most of you, many of you already know this, but I know that somebody here needs this Word. It's about going in and out of the presence of God. Somebody say in and out. In and out of the presence of God. I want to uh, explain something to you because there's something about being in this church today. I feel the presence of God. Do you feel the presence of God? Just sort of wave at me today. We feel the presence of God. But I just don't want to come to church once a week or once a month or however many times you go to church. I just don't want it to be, I show up on Sunday and I wait till I get back to next Sunday and I feel the presence of God again. No, 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 no. We want you to feel the presence of God today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day and the next day, God's presence is always with us in supernatural fashion. And it's very important that you understand something, that there's a difference between the manifest presence of God. I don't know if you put anything on. There are some notes up here. I don't know if you can write some things down here, but there is a difference between uh, the omnipresence and the manifest presence. 
omnipresence. You heard that word. They, they put the word omni in front of the presence and they put the word omni in front of science. That means that God is all-knowing. This means that God is everywhere. Omnipresence, but it's different because God is everywhere, but it's different when we talk about the manifest presence because when we have the manifest presence, it's when God really shows up individually in our lives. How many know that, how many have had a time when God has manifested himself in your life? I mean, it's one thing to have the omnipresence, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Adam and Eve is in the garden, and the Bible said they enjoyed the presence of God on a daily basis. God showed up and manifested himself on a daily basis to these guys, and then we know what happened. They sinned, and, and it just it was a terrible day, and all of a sudden, they don't have the manifest presence of God like they used to have the manifest presence of God. You know, sin has a way of doing that to it, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, they got knocked out of the garden that day. God put a couple of angels at the end of that garden and said, you can't come back in. They had a couple of kids, you know, Cain and Abel. And, the, and God had a, a, started dealing with old Cain because Cain had an attitude problem. The Bible said that Cain would come to worship service and he would offer unto God what he wanted to, but Abel offered unto God what was prescribed to offer unto him. It's very important that you figure that out. And so Cain got an attitude and he got mad at his brother being favored by God for doing that which is right. And then uh, Cain, God showed up in, in Genesis chapter four. And he told Cain, he said, hey buddy, you better change your attitude. You better straighten up. And I'm going to tell you why you need to straighten up, because sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is to have you, but you have to master it. How many know that Satan still wants to mess with us every day? How many know that God has a place for us? We can abide in the secret place, but Satan has gotten kicked out of the secret place, and so he's trying to pull the rest of us out of the secret place, but we have been around long enough. The devil is lying to us. Anytime the devil is talking to us, he's lying to us, and we say, no, devil, I'm not gonna go for that sin. You kicked a lot of people out of the presence of God through sin, and you're not taking me out through sin. And we have that all through the Bible. We have people that, that they, 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 they go in the presence of God, and some people have been kicked out of the presence of God. Cain was kicked out. Cain was completely kicked away from the presence of God when he went and he killed his brother Abel. God told him, I told you to get your attitude straight, and he couldn't get it straight, and finally it ended up in murdering his own brother, and all of a sudden God said, that's it. I've had enough of you, Cain. He said, you're going to be banished to the land of Nod. You're never going to see my presence again. And he was shaken by that. He said, I didn't know you could lose the presence like that. He said, yeah. He said, well, Lord, what, what's going to happen to me when I get out there? And people, people may take me out because I'm, 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 how will they know? He said, I'll put a mark on you. They won't kill you, but you're going to have a miserable, miserable life. It's not worth running from the presence of God. Somebody say Amen. Jonah was a guy. Jonah had the presence of God. He heard a word from the Lord. He was in the presence of the Lord. He heard a word from the Lord. It's very important if you hear a word from the Lord today that you protect that word, that you watch over that word, and you keep that word strong. Jonah, go to Nineveh. Go save some people down there. Jonah, he didn't like the Ninevites because they were the Taliban of that day. And Jonah, he wouldn't go. He went the opposite direction. 
<laughs> and I tell you what, it is not good to run from the presence of God. He almost got himself killed by running from the presence of God. There's one thing that is, that's the manifest presence of God. There's another thing when we talk about the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. God is all around us. I mean, you, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter one that creation was, that man is without excuse because creation says there is a God. Everybody was without excuse. If, if, if they didn't get witness, they're without excuse because the creation says there's God. But you and I, we know about the manifest presence of God. I wanna draw your attention to this scripture in Numbers chapter 25, verse 15. Numbers 25, verse 15, the Bible said, Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord, the God of all spirits, of all mankind, appoint over this community a man who can go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out, one who will bring them in, so that the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Here's Moses at his retirement party. Moses is 120 years of age. He's saying, Lord, I need someone to take over. I need someone who knows how to go out and to come back in. Someone who knows how to go in the presence of God and to go out with the presence of God. He wasn't the only one. Solomon said the same thing. Solomon at his coronation. Look at this verse in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse number 7. Oh, my Lord God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I'm a child. I do not know how to go out, and I don't know how to come in. I am about to be king of Israel, and Lord, I need your wisdom because I don't know how to go out, and I don't know how to go. What is, what is he talking about? Does he not know how to go open the door to his daddy's house? Does he not know how to go in the house or go in and be king? No. He said, I don't know how my daddy did it. My daddy had, a, had his hand on the ability to go in the presence of God and come out, and God did marvelous things with David. David's, in wartime, David would not know how to defeat one of his enemies. He would go and spend time in the presence of God, and God told him one day, he said, when you hear the rustling going on in the mulberry tops, I want you to move out because that's when I'm giving you the victory. David was a genius with war matters simply for the fact that he went in the presence of God and he came out. This is good news to anybody here who's a business person. If you don't know how to advance your business, you don't know what to do with your business, bring your business into the presence of God and pray over your business in the presence of God and pray and pray and pray. Pray until you get a revelation and you step out and God said, why don't you try this? And God will make you successful doing that because God is who God is. Somebody say amen. Now I know that's a military term. I know going in his presence and going out of his presence is a military term in the Old Testament. But I tell you what, if we put it in our date and time today, we still got an enemy that's working against our soul. I mean, there's a devil out there wanting to make sure that your business doesn't succeed. There's a devil out there making sure that your life doesn't succeed. There's a devil making sure that you have a self-defeating habit that is going to destroy your life. So I'm telling you, we still have to go in and out. How do we go in, Pastor? What we did this morning. Worship is the best way to go in the presence of God. And I want to talk to you. If you have not learned how to worship, 
Stay with it. You may have been sitting in this service today and you say, I don't know, what, who are these people? Are they crazy? What, 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 who are they? Yeah, they're a little crazy because they have gotten crazy, oh, crazy in love with the Lord and they know how to go into his presence because in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. See, David learned this. David was on the backside of the desert with all of his sheep. David defeated so many things by the presence of the Lord. He was out there. He was lonely. I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord will defeat loneliness. David was rejected by his family. The presence of the Lord will deal with rejection. The presence of the Lord will deal with depression. David got depressed all the time. What did he do? He went back to the presence of the Lord. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're very discouraged, but I'm telling you, if you will walk into the presence of God, there is fullness of joy and life forevermore in the presence of the Lord. If we don't get in the presence of God, if we don't get in the presence of God, we have nothing to go out with. You shouldn't go to your school without the presence of God. You shouldn't show up at work without the presence of God. You shouldn't make that big decision. You shouldn't change jobs. You shouldn't do this. There's so many things that you shouldn't do until you've been in the presence of God. Jesus taught this to his disciples. He told his disciples, he said, hey, I'm leaving you. I'm a, but I want you to go into all the earth and I want you to preach the gospel. He said, but before you go, you go in the upper room. You go in the upper room and you get filled with the presence of God before you go out into the entire world. Go in the presence of God so you can go out of the presence of God. I want to give you three things and I'll get out of your way because the presence of God will do some mighty things for you. And the first one is this, the presence of God will make your enemies afraid of you. Do you know that? There's a lot of you people do. The enemy is afraid. You remember the time that, that Saul was king of Israel and, and God rejected him because of his disobedience and all of a sudden David came up and he played this instrument and he would run that evil spirit off of old Saul. And the Bible said that Saul began to get afraid of David. Do you know that there's people that will be afraid of you when you get in the presence of the Lord simply because the enemy of your soul is living in a lot of people and they don't like the presence of God on you. The evil spirits cannot hang around when a person is filled with the presence of God. I mean, the devil's got to run because you have the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I was raised by parents that were, went through the Great Depression, and um, I was raised in the Bible Belt. I mean, it, you know, how many of you were raised, uh, this is terrible for me to say this, how many of you got a whipping when you were raised? Hey, 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 these are my people right here. <laughs> all of y'all been abused, haven't you? <laughs> we'll talk to all the abused people here. You turned out pretty good, didn't you? My mama would tell me this all the time. She said, boy, you on my last nerve. <laughs> then you know what mama would say? Mama would say, okay, you did it. You did it. Go out there and get a switch off that tree. Amen. Did your mama ever tell you that? Go get a switch? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get a switch. Well, you know what I was going to do? I was going to pick an old brittle one that off the ground that's been on there for a year and it's going to break as soon as she hits me with it. If, if your mama ever, I mean, your mom wouldn't tell you that nowadays, but never pick a green switch. 
Oh, no, no, no. That's the worst one. Don't ever pick a green switch. So I was having a, a, a fight with the devil the day, and I got so mad at the devil. I said, okay, devil, go out there at that tree and get you a switch. <laughs> the devil said, what? I said, you pick, you pick your whooping today because I've got three things in my tool chest right now. I got the name of Jesus, I got the word of God, and I got the blood of Jesus. Which one do you want me to whoop you with today? Matter of fact, I think I'll whip you with all three of them. We overcome by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb, and by the name of, oh, come on, give the Lord a clap for the name is above. Hear us, O spirits of darkness. We want you to know exactly where we stand. We're blood-bought children washed in the blood of the Lamb. Your enemies become afraid of you. Secondly, the presence of God teaches you how to behave right. Pastor Sam, any people in this church that don't behave right? They all behave right? Maybe I should just skip that point altogether because all of you are just holy, 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 holy people. Um, I do know this. If you don't know how to, how to behave, Holy Spirit can teach you how to behave. I mean, Holy Spirit will teach you so much. He will teach you. Uh, those people who spend time with the Lord are better equipped to make decisions than those people who are not spending time with the Lord. People that spend time with the Lord, I'm telling you, they know how to control their tongues a lot better. You know, you still got to control your tongue. I know some of those rusty relatives came over for the holidays. We just picked up our welcome mat and turned it over is what we did. But you got to have control of your tongue. The presence of God will, I'm, I'm telling you, I used to have a real bad tongue until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and God began to change the way I talk because I used to talk negative. I used to talk stuff that wasn't of the word. I didn't know the word. And then I realized one day, you cannot have what you speak against. You cannot have what you speak against. If you speak against divine healing, I mean, you're not ever going to see healing. If you speak for divine healing, you're going to see healing. Anybody agree with that? I mean, come on. If you, if you speak against that girl, she's never going to marry you. Well, I think all women are just boo, boo, boo. Well, welcome to the single life the rest of your days. Well, if you're a girl and you speak against men, I think all men are dogs. Look where you're going to find a fella, the dog pound. <laughs> no, you got to get your mouth under control. I guess the Lord doesn't want to bless me. Oh, sh somebody just be quiet about that kind of stuff. Start reading your Bible. The Bible says you are the head and not the tail. You're out front, not lagging behind. God's desire is to bless his children in the face of your enemies so he can show off with you. But you got to get your tongue and we got, and the only way we do that is in the presence of the Lord. You remember the time that Queen Sheba came to visit old Solomon and she came over there and she was the wisest woman in her whole region. And she came over there bearing gifts. When she heard of Solomon's wisdom, she went over there and she studied old Solomon. She said, man, I can't believe how those cupbearers, 
I can't believe how those guys just stand in order. I mean, everything was in order. She said, I've seen, I've been all over the world. I've never seen anything like this. Man, this, the way that they, she said, your people must love working for you. Sort of like Pastor Sam. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) And then she made a very interesting observation. She said, and then after all of that, she said, I watched how he went to the house of the Lord. She said, I witnessed how he went in the presence of the Lord and how he came out. And then she said, my breath was taken away from me. Here is the wisest, one of the wisest women in all the world, one of the richest women in all of Africa. And she said, I've seen it all, but when I saw that man of God go in the presence of God, I took my breath away. Isn't that what our world is crying out for? I thank God for those heroes that I saw this morning going out to your neighbors. You guys have the presence of God all over you. And when you walk away from your neighbors, wouldn't it be wonderful to say, wow, they took my breath away. Wow, what is on that person? I want it. I want it. See, the presence of God helps you to behave. It not only makes your enemies afraid of you, but it also helps you to behave. Let me give you this last one. When you enter the presence of God, we should come out a different way. You should go out a different way. Look at this verse right here, and I'm finished. Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter number, I forgot. I got other tricks too. (laughs) When the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feast day, whoever is entered by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the south gate. And whoever enters by the way of the south gate shall go out by the north gate. Hmm. Wow, what is, what is, I go in, they shall not return by the gate through which they came, but shall go out the opposite gate. Let me modernize this. Modernize this. Say your boyfriend dropped you off at church, and he dropped you off at entrance L. Is that the right entrance? L. And you've been doing this for some time. He's going to pick you up at entrance G. But at the end of the service, Pastor Sam gets up here and said, man, I just feel like we got to go out a different door than which we came in today. You guys that came in uh, door L, why don't you go out door G? You guys that came in G, why don't you go out B? When you guys came in B, am I getting all the doors right? You guys came in B, go out C and, and all of that. And the whole crowd is going out a different way than you came. Now you confuse freeloading Freddie, your boyfriend, <laughs> because you've had this down for some time. He drops you off at L and he picks you up at G. But Brother Sam says, I really feel impressed today. You got to go out a different door than you came in. And finally, you wander through the hundreds of people out there. And finally, you get, and you find old Freeload and Freddie sitting over there mad as a hornet. 
And you get in the car and he said, what are you doing, woman? He said, well, I went to church and the presence of the Lord was really strong today. And Pastor Sam said, if you came in door L, you got to go out G. Didn't Pastor Sam know that I always meet you at this door? Yeah, but Pastor Sam, he said, and, and you finally you, you speak up and say, you know, honey, you ought to go with me one of these days in the service. You know I can't go to church with you. You know I told you I was over picking up my stimulus check today at my grandmama's house because I don't have an address. I'm telling you, you need to get freeloading Freddie in the house of the Lord right there. What am I saying? Right there, the Spirit of the Lord is telling you something. You came in one way, you should go out a different way. If you came in hurting today, you should walk out healed. How many of y'all still believe in divine healing? If you came in exhausted today, you should walk out energized. If you came in sad and depressed and the family's all got you down, you came in the presence of the Lord and the Bible says, go out a different way than you came in. I'm gonna go out with joy of the Lord. I'm gonna go out with great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm gonna go out with the Lord. If you're lonely, you don't have to walk out lonely. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm talking about a brother can stand next to you and that's as close as a brother can get. But I'm talking about Jesus who can get down on inside of you and get a part of you and be inside of you and live with you. And loneliness has got to go. Depression has got to go. Despondency's got to leave. Why? Because I've been in the presence of God. presence of the Lord. Oh, I think you ought to stand with me. I feel, is that you, Brother Joe? Oh, there he is. I feel something coming on this house here today. And, and Pastor Sam, can I have a minute? Young lady, right here. what you've done in secret and he's going to reward you and it's not going to be very long not much longer not much longer not much longer oh and I think there's someone else listening to me right now and, and you may have come to church you're saying how long Lord and I got a word for you too and Lord said not much longer not much longer not much longer not much longer much longer. I'm having a hard time with Hollywood lights. We're just a little church in California. You guys here. He left the service, Brother Sam. I had a word for a guy and he left church. I'll tell you what, we'll sing maybe a on that. Don't ever leave the presence of the Lord. these people that leave church early. Well, I got to get out in the parking lot and beat the rush. Like we're going to get a trophy for that and we're in the presence of the Lord and he can change our lives forevermore. Ah. 
like to flip the script a little bit today. We're talking about going in the presence of the Lord. I feel like there's somebody here that you're trying to get out of something. You can't get in the presence of the Lord because you're trying to get out of something. You've got this self-defeating habits. You've got this something on you. Yeah, Brother Mike, I, if I could just get out, I could get in. I believe I can get you out. And I believe I can get you in. Because I got a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. There's a Bible. You're up next. You know, there's a Bible verse that said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven. And I always, I always struggle with that because all I, I grew up in West Texas and all I knew of an eye of a needle was putting a little string between the eye of the needle. But when I went to Israel, I realized that when they closed the gates at night, they always left a place where a camel could scoot through and they would call it the eye of the needle. And it wasn't, it was really small and, and you couldn't get, I mean, the, the, the camel has to take his whole load off in order to, you should have got there before we closed the gate. But if you want, if you want to come through the eye of the needle here, take off all the baggage and then you can come through. And I was thinking of that the other day and I think some people, you just need to drop the baggage. Just, just drop it. I'm done with reloading Freddy. I'm done with low living. I'm done with the devil doing this to me. Oh, somebody clap your hands. I believe something is stirring in this house. Come on, let's get our praise on and let's get in the presence of God so we can go out with the presence of God.